to the court with Archie Diakon. Three seconds at midcourt. Jenkins gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Full 40 Podcast. This is Episode 9. We are recording for the very first time across the country using this weird app. We hope it works. Best of luck to us, and best of luck to you, our listeners. Look, I mean, worst case, it's going to be better than the selection show. Yes. Yeah, let's just start right there. Let's just jump right in, right there. The selection show was horrible absolutely <laughs> the worst i can't imagine i don't understand how you can take a thing that works so well year over year over year and then in the last three years managed to f it up so bad rob what do you think i mean you you're literally taking the thing it just prints money right all you have to do you show up you read some names you talk about it boom Everybody in America turns in, and somehow you managed to screw it up. The lights didn't work. The audio was off. They had like ten people in the audience as a live audience. Like, what was this? It was it was literally as if they were just sitting there, like, yeah, you know what? Let's just record this from our bedroom this week. Like, what what is going on at TBS? It's unreal. Right now, as we're recording this podcast, I am talking through Rob through a FaceTime window using shitty hotel Wi-Fi. And the and the audio and the visual is hooked up better than TBS's was on Selection Show. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Just the most unprofessionally done thing I've ever seen. And then let's just jump right in, guys. Who's excited? Let's reveal the automatic bids. What is this? What is that? Automatic bids. Congratulations, you made it. What? <laughs> I just, I, I think, I feel like the producer was some intern who had never watched college basketball ever before. And they're like, hey, you uh, was a big step up opportunity. Why don't you go ahead and take care of production for the selection show? And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. Two, two big buckets, automatic bids, and, uh, and this other group. Let's just, let's do it like that. Let's do all the automatic bids. People want to hear about that. Like, what? Just makes no sense at all. Like, I, I just didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. And then you got, oh. then you got Gumble reading uh, and talking about every uh, every team. Every team made an automatic bid. Like, like great, UMBC beat Vermont. I don't care. Like, just let's move on. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, yeah I get it. Give the teams their due. It's nice. It's like they're excited. They make the tournament. You got to throw a nice line. Come on. Give me a break. Yeah, it was they missed the boat, and then then they go to the uh, the brutal alphabetical reveal. That the alphabetical reveal is the biggest problem with that. Here's my thought. Here's my thought. If you want to do this, if you like feel the need to extend the show a little bit, and I and I've heard that they've gotten complaints in the past about, oh well, you know, you don't really reveal the teams fast enough. Then you make teams wait like forty five minutes maybe to get called. Blah blah blah. Whatever, I get it. Here's what you do. If you gotta do this reveal way up front, fine. 
put the 32 automatic bids or whatever it is, 32 automatic bids, like right there on the screen in a list format and and just say, here you go, and then call out a couple mid-majors, right? Everyone knows that Villanova won the Big East tournament. Everyone knows that Kentucky won the SEC because they literally just watched it 10 minutes ago. Like, like just go in and just say, oh, we just want to call out, like, great finishes in this game and this game and that game. Congratulations to all these teams for automatically qualifying. Let's talk about the teams who didn't automatically qualify. And then you could do something along the lines of, like, seed lines reveals so you can instead of instead of revealing because they don't probably want to reveal their s curve which is what like they call it the s curve it's what they do to like seed the teams in order i get that but like then go one by one like okay here are the at-large bids who are one seeds like and xavier would have been it and like that's obvious right and then you go two and three and four and five and then once you get down to the, the 10 11 line then it's like, wow, holy crap, this is like very exciting. And then your last one is you reveal the first four and the game times of the first four. And then that's like, boom, like, wow, like, holy crap. Like you get your name called in the first four. And that's like, you're jacked up about that. I'm glad it took you all of probably like 10 minutes to think about that. Because how many people signed off on the format they came up with? Like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go. Like, come on, guys, just just for anything. Or... If you're really conflicted about it, don't change it. It wasn't that broken. People were nitpicking stuff about it before. Like, come on. It's just, oh, my God. And so then, like, you can't have your audio off and have your and, – and then reveal the names in alphabetical order because Ernie Anastas – Ernie Anastas, Jesus. Ernie is just, like, revealing the names, and he's like, oh, well, Gumble just finished with the M's. So the ends are coming up, and uh, let's see if Notre Dame made it. But meanwhile, Ohio State already slid in. So it's like, nope, no, you didn't. Like, go F yourself, Notre Dame. <laughs> see you in the NIT. What is that? So many, so many things. But, hey, I, I mean, enough about how they screwed up the selection show. Um, obviously, we got, we got a number one seed. I mean – as expected. Yeah. How do how do we feel about it? I mean, I'm pretty excited. As I think our favorite our favorite average adjective around here is excited. I'm excited about the bracket. Yeah. So so first off, like yes, big news is that we were a one seed. That's not much of a surprise. But you know what? Like first off, right? Just let's just take a step back for a second. This is the third one seed in four years for Jay and like five years in a row of one or two seats. Like I realized that like we've gotten used to this, but before 2006 Villanova never got a one seat before. And now it's like commonplace. Like, Oh, that's like a thing. We just do the one seat. So, so, so right, kudos to Jay and the entire program is just absolutely on fire. I realize the tournaments haven't gone, with the big exception of 2016, haven't gone according to plan since 2010. But to just be racking up years and years of one and two seeds is just outrageous. The performance that we put together in the regular season has been phenomenal. So I just want to call that out right then and there. Then. You heard it here on the Full 40 podcast. We were expecting to get 
all the worst matchups in our region. I would say Michigan, Kentucky, Duke. I thought they were just going to put all of them. I thought they were going to put like, you know, Purdue as our eight seed, just based on Wisconsin last year. I mean, Purdue was going to be our eight seed, right? So in all seriousness, our bracket is doable. This is a doable bracket. There isn't a team that stylistically bothers us in this bracket. There isn't a team that's massively underseeded based on what they deserved. I think, yeah, I think you can argue that West Virginia should have been a four seed and Wichita State should have been a five seed. But like from our perspective, that doesn't really matter all that much because we're going to see the four or the five or maybe neither. But we're going to see one of those two teams anyway. So it doesn't matter if there's a four or five next to West Virginia. Just imagine there was a four next to it. It doesn't matter. And that's an appropriately seated team. And to boot, West Virginia plays a style of basketball that I think we can carve up. So, so I'm not I'm not bothered by by that. I mean, on first glance, Virginia Tech, Alabama. Um, you know, Virginia Tech has had some nice wins in the ACC, no question. Somewhat, a lot of great wins. They've knocked off everybody. They knocked off UVA. They've knocked off. Uh, Duke, they knocked off UNC. They have beaten good teams, which we said about NC State as well, but they've been a little bit less consistent. They've got some some weird losses in there, some misses. So I think that's they know how to beat the big guys, but they're definitely, I'd say, a lot more vulnerable than at least when I looked at NC State. They seem Virginia Tech seems more vulnerable to me. Yeah, they, they beat Virginia Tech beat UVA at UVA, but the brand of UVA's basketball is like very much defense first. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone listening. Very much defense first. And then and then offensively, like if Virginia is not hitting, they leave themselves susceptible because of the style of play and the few amount of possessions that take place. Over a larger over a larger sample of possessions, it's gonna equal out to what should have happened regardless. So because you're removing chance to, in, from the equation. So Virginia Tech beat them at UVA, but other than that, I don't think Virginia Tech has big away wins. I'm not taking that away from them. I just don't think, like, I don't think if they played Virginia, Duke at Duke or Duke on a neutral site, that they would have had any success. So, I mean, we do get to see, if, if Virginia Tech beats Bama, we do get to see the uh, hard part of... Oh, he's got hair now. Yeah, it was Williams, so... The original Steve Sweaty Wojciechowski. The better Steve Sweaty Wojciechowski. Marquette did not make the tournament, which, yeah, I mean, they brought it upon themselves. Alabama. Colin Sexton, man. Colin Sexton is a stud. Kid is ridiculous. And Alabama might have the coolest haircuts in the entire NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah. You're not kidding. So. So that's that's tough right there. You you got to stand up to that level of hairdo. I mean, that's 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 pretty that's pretty intense. And we don't we don't have any hair all stars on the team this year. No, nobody's really bringing that game. Jenkins brought a hard game last year, but that was pretty. Jenkins cool. Jenkins was solid, dude. Oh man, he really had it in gear. And then unlike unlike his shooting last year. And, and then Josh Hart, as much as I love him, just needed to shave more. I mean, oh, he still does. He still rocks that scruff. Oh, like, ooh, I don't like the it. scruff. The scruff is so in vogue, though. Durant's got it. Like Paul George has got it. It's just it's what people are doing. Yeah. 
not a fan. I like Avery Johnson, by the way, going back to Alabama. I like Avery Johnson as a coach. I think they got a nice team. I think they're on the up and up. But, again, and they play really hard defense. Alabama plays some great defense. But I just don't see I just don't see either of those teams stylistically. I know we have had trouble with the round of thirty two before, but I'm just not seeing it. But no, we we've had trouble with the round of thirty yeah, we've had trouble with the round of thirty two when it's weird matchups. Like last year, obviously super underseeded Wisconsin. They should not have been an eight seed. That was ridiculous. And then going back to NC State, that was a huge matchup issue. I think you're spot on. It's just these guys are they're good teams. And you're gonna be playing good teams in the round of 32. I mean, these are basically teams that are around the top 30 in the country. So you have to show up and you have to bring your game to beat them. But yeah, there's nothing fundamentally that's going to throw us off. Now, you know, looking ahead a little bit, West Virginia, I think you're West Virginia, like West Virginia's team, I think a lot of people just because they're such a defensive team and they have that, the weird press Virginia style. But even we have, you know, we run three and sometimes four point guards on the floor at a time. Ball handling is probably the single thing we are absolutely best at in the country. Like, I mean, nobody has that many good ball handlers on the team. Colin makes me a little nervous, but, you know, we can deal with a couple of possessions of him bringing up the court. But, I mean, like, they're not going to rattle Jalen Brunson. Jalen, the lawnmower Brunson. Yeah. Wichita State is another team. You got to talk about it. got to talk about Wichita State. They're a four seed. I think they're a good team. They've had a nice year. Um, they're co- this is a year where they moved to a new conference and it clearly helped their seed line because their schedule was a little bit better. Um, not that the AAC is a great conference, but they had Cincinnati and Houston, so they had some good teams in there. Uh, yeah, they don't have too many great wins, though. I mean, they beat Cincinnati, but that was that was pretty much it. They beat Baylor when Baylor was seeded back in the day. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not all that bullish on them. So if we get them, great. I'm good yeah. with that. And then, hell, hell, if we get that, if we get that, it means we made the Sweet 16. So I'm excited. Yeah. And then uh, it, we're going to do another podcast after we find out who won the LIU uh, Radford College game. But both those teams had riveting um, uh, games in their final game of their uh, of their respective conference championships. LIU beat Wagner at Wagner. It was a pretty exciting game. Uh, my sister went to Wagner, so shout, shouts to Wagner College. But two years in a row, they were the one seed, and they choked in the NEC. So unfortunate for them that they haven't made it yet. And then Radford is uh, Radford won on a buzzer beater that was outstanding. But you know, we'll talk more about the sixteen one sixteen game when we get there. So let's assume let's assume we move past Virginia Tech and Alabama. We get to the Sweet 16. Who do you have? Who do you have us playing there in the Elite Eight? So I think I've got West Virginia. I've got West Virginia and Purdue. Purdue is just, I like it. They've got offense, defense. They've got Isaac, the Terminator Haas in the middle. Even though people have been slowing him down towards the end of the season, I think they're a good team. Purdue is Purdue is good. Um, they've been, they, they were really good about mid-February and they kind of got tripped up a little bit. I think teams figured them out. I, I think don't, don't sleep on Texas Tech and also don't sleep on Florida. I know Florida had a very weird start to this season where they lost a lot and that's really dragging them down. But this is a team, Kentucky is good and they blew out Kentucky towards the end of the season. Um, when Chris Chioza on Florida and their and their squad goes off, I mean that's a team that can shoot anyone out of the game. But 
Yeah, I mean they're they're really they're really like a uh, shoot 'em up, sleep in the streets version, like just a way streakier version of us. Yeah, like way hot, way cool. Yeah, Texas Tech. I mean Texas Tech played the Big Twelve tough, tough conference, no question. They had a little hurt towards the back end of the season, and I think that slowed them down a little bit. But I'm not sleeping on them. So I mean the bottom half of our bracket's actually a landmine. I mean, it, there's a lot going on there. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're right. If if, if Keenan Evans comes back because he's been dealing with a toe injury a little bit, assuming he comes back healthy, that team gets a lot more solid because you're looking at a guy who averaged 18 points a game through Big 12 play. So it's there's a lot of firepower there. But the good news is this: is that we don't have to beat Florida, Texas Tech, Butler, and Purdue. Like, we only have to beat one of those teams. <laughs> So, Absolutely. I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, for sure. Now, so, yeah, that's, that's a pretty well the Elite Eight. Um, how about – oh, sorry, side note. I was, was thinking about the team's reaction. Can we pause for a moment and talk about uh, Jalen Brunson's interview after the uh, after the selection show? Oh, my goodness. Like, so, so backing up a little bit, and I posted this on my personal Facebook, and I definitely posted it on our Twitter account. Jalen Brunson was Jalen Brunson and Jay Wright were getting interviewed by ESPN uh, on their like post game, you know, post election show. Uh, like, what do you think? How you feeling? Tell me something about your team. Type of interview. And Jay was sitting there trying to answer a question, and Jalen is just sitting there stone-faced it looked like he was like frozen like you know how chris max says he's got wires underneath his face because he's a machine like it looked like he was like frozen but in just this absolutely intense like i will i must break you type glare like yeah like i must break you i must inflict pain upon my enemies type glare i mean jalen brunson looked like he was gonna kill somebody or be like I was like, Jalen, do you enjoy playing? There is no joy, only pain. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, we, we saw the emotion after the Big East Championship, after the uh, the hot mic picked him up. This is to Dante, what we and just dropped in the F-bombs. <laughs> amazing. Like, absolutely amazing. And leave it, leave it to our favorite, Fox Sports, to leave that mic on. That is yeah. just phenomenal. And Basically, what I've come to expect. Yeah, their editor behind the scenes who was supposed to do the bleeps was just clearly asleep at the wheel at that one. <laughs> yeah. All right. We made it through the game. We're good. Oh, crap. Yeah. Missed that one. Um, <laughs> but, and then oh, I love no, some no. people's reaction. I saw some reaction like, uh, you know, we shouldn't be cursing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on. Give me a Shut up. Oh, come on. Like, yeah. Have you ever, yeah. Have you never played sports? Like, I mean, I play in my rec league, like, soccer. I'm cursing. Come on. Like, it's just high division on basketball. Yeah. Give me a Give break. Me. Come on. I, I hate the holier-than-thou crap. Come on. Oh, my gosh. So good. I love it. I'm, I'm just looking forward to more more Jay the, and Jalen interviews. Um, the, coming out. I, I want to talk about this team a little bit. Um, because people have been asking me, Chris, like, what do you think about the bracket? What do you think about Villanova's tournament chances? And uh, I'm just going to come straight out with it. Purchase your tickets to San Antonio now because the Villanova pain train's coming and there ain't nothing slowing this down. And like, yo, but we went to overtime versus Providence. It's only a 10-seat stop. 
team we played three times. You can't judge by conference opponents. Villanova won that game. We talked weeks ago about not making the winning plays. Well, guess what? The team has faced adversity. They lost in a situation that they should have won. And then since then, they've played a couple overtime games and prevailed. This is now a team that has the that has the adversity behind it. So they know what to do when they face it. And that's key. That's what last year's team did not have. Last year's team did not have adversity. There was none. They lost three games that they just happened to lose as the season went on, blah, 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 whatever. The year before, we had adversity in December when we played two games in about a week's time between Oklahoma and and Virginia and got throttled both times and then kind of had to learn from that as the season progressed. So now this team, yeah, it was late in the season, but they've learned. They got they got injured. They got healthy. They faced they faced challenging games. They did people who who punched them in the mouth, and they had to learn how to respond to it. And oh, by the way, there's not another team in this tournament, at least by my check, that has a guy named Mikhail Bridges on it because Mikhail Bridges is like he's like super powered. Mikhail Bridges now he's like Sunday Tiger. By the way, shouts to Tiger Woods back. He is back. But Sunday, Mikhail Bridges is out and ready to... Because Tiger, Tiger, Tiger's, Tiger's listening to our podcast, I'm Tiger sure. Woods. So thanks for listening. What's up? Tiger. What's up, Belgian? Um, he, fell, he fell very far. But the... But Mikhail, no one else has Mikhail Bridges on it. And until someone proves to me that they also have Mikhail Bridges on their team, I'm picking Villanova to win this whole goddamn thing. You heard it here first on the full 40... Villanova is winning the national championship because of Mikhail Bridges and, oh, by the way, national player of the year, Jalen Brunson. There isn't a duo in the game like them. Good luck, everybody else. Mikhail is Jenkinsing from the three-point line. He is dominating on the defensive end. He is 2016 Jenkinsing. Sorry, just to be clear. He's 2016 in the gym range right this second. No one's slowing him down. He was only cold for one period this, this this season, and that was when people reported on campus that he was walking with a boot. Okay, but before then, like think back to the Gonzaga game, couldn't miss. Since then, he's been averaging like twenty plus points a game, lighting everyone up from deep. Think about the Xavier game. Then no one defends like him. He could defend every position one to four and some fives. He has long block shots, gets steals, rebounds. There is nothing this kid can't do. He's a lottery pick. He is a surefire pro, going to be awesome. Better, like, 3 and D plus guy in the NBA. He's on the team now, and there is nobody in the country who can guard Mikhail Bridges. Not one. Not one. That's why I said, if you don't have Mikhail Bridges on your team, I'm not picking you to beat us. That's it. And by the way, no one has him except us. So book it. Book your flights to San Antonio. We're going. We're going to the Final Four. We're going to the national championship. I should add like a Harvey Dean to the end of that because it's coming. It's coming. Get excited. You heard it here first on the full 40. Let's go. Well, I tell you what, you sound like Dickie V here. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. This team is pumped up, ready to go. There's when you think about Bridges and you think about Brunson. There are very few teams we'd face in the tournament where we will not have the two best players on the court. It's just 
we are absolutely blessed this year. I thought last year was crazy to have Josh and have Chris and have Jalen. And now we've moved into a realm where, oh, we have a lottery pick and we have the national player of the year. We upgraded from first team All-American to national player of the year and lottery pick. Like, I don't know how that happened. And like, it's so, it's amazing. If you look back a couple of years, right? All the talk when we won 16 was, oh, you know, Villanova doesn't have a team of pros. That's crazy. Arch is in the G League slash two-way contract. Chef played a year in the league. Josh has carved out a great role. Mikel's going to be a lottery pick. Jalen's absolutely getting getting drafted. I mean, the firepower on this team and the evolution of this team over the past year plus has been unreal. And I'm with you. There's nothing stopping us what? this year. Like I just, I, I will qualify this. If we get through, if we get through the first weekend. We are absolutely going to the final four. I personally, I already have my hotels booked. I don't know if you do yet, but I'm I'm booked already. I've done it both ways. I've gone booked. I've gone don't book. I've gotten burned both times. So I said, screw it. We're going for it. Let's do it. The, oh, by the way, let's just talk supporting cast for just a second, right? Let's start with Omari Spellman, who has turned the corner defensively. Oh, my gosh. Rev- he was a revelation in, in the Providence game. Oh, yeah. Turned the corner defensively. Omari Spellman. Then he's also shooting the lights out from deep when he gets the shot. Being a lot smarter with the ball. Rebounds like a freaking crazy person. He looks like he gets under the boards and is just going nuts to pull down some boards. Then you have Eric the Beast Pascal, who's got his three-point shot working again. He's got his feet back under him. Um, you know, remember he got concussed and he was out for a few games and then he had a few games that took him back to get back into the flow of things. And now he's back. Eric Pascal is playing ridiculous right now. He was awesome. We don't win that Providence game. We don't win that Providence game without Pascal creating like what felt like 10 extra possessions. It was, you're absolutely right. That Providence game, there were several possessions. He was in there. It felt like he was in a boxing match, knocking people around, somehow got the ball out. And yeah. We won, obviously, in overtime. We don't even make it to overtime without him. Then you have Phil Booth, and I'm not sure, but people forget this, but Phil Booth had 20 points in the 2016 National Championship game. <laughs> Always good to remind so, people. So, look, Phil Booth is not 100% yet, but he's close. He's real close. And a week, another another few days of practice is not going to not gonna hurt him. And Phil is Phil's not 100%, no, but this kid has massive – onions okay big time and he is a big time player and there's going to be one game in this tournament calling it now where Phil Booth is just going to go win us the game might not be the national championship like last time but there's going to be one we haven't seen Phil Booth hasn't played an NCAA tournament game since the game that people forgot about which is when he had 20 points in the national title game and then and then you have Dante oh shit this guy too DiVincenzo like, as an opposing coach, like, what are you doing? Like, wait, wait, wait. Dante DiVincenzo comes off the bench? He's a 2019 draft pick. Absolutely. He's a starter, he's a starter on every other team, for sure. Okay, so, so we've got a great team. We know that. So we're obviously bullish. We've got Nova in the Final Four. Who else is in your Final Four? I've got – I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine right. to start. I've got oh. UVA. So I'm a little bit of a homer on UVA as well, too. My brother went to UVA. He's at UVA Med School. UVA to me is the most consistent team in the country. 
I know people knock them a little bit for their offense, but their offense is, I think, what, ranked 21st or something like that in the country? They're solid. So I don't see any hiccups along the way. I know they got a tough draw, but they just play such a brand of basketball that I don't see anybody getting in their way. That's one. I've got hmm. the no, no, I've got yeah, uh, Duke, yeah, and then I've got the team that – this is crazy – a few weeks ago, we were talking about how we wanted to avoid Michigan as our 8-9 game. Michigan has moved up from the 8-9 to a 3 seed in the matter of less than a month. They are playing lights-out basketball, and I love that team. The balance on that team is awesome. That's my four. Okay. I like that. I, I think it's a good four. So we got Nova. I'm going to go with UVA as well. And some of that is because – I said earlier on this podcast in the previous episode, this is the year Virginia breaks through to the final four. And for all the reasons you just said, I'm sticking with that. Some people say, oh, their offense isn't good because they don't score a lot of points. And I get that. However, UVA plays literally the slowest basketball in the entire um, country. So, So they take all 30 seconds on their shot clock, which diminishes the amount of possessions. They defend like hell, and and they don't let you score. And so they score when they are on offense. Like they're relatively efficient offense. They score. So I like. I mean, I like UVA. Uh, I will say this: the committee should be ashamed of themselves for taking overall one seed UVA and giving them the bracket that they got. Seriously, Kentucky, Arizona, Tennessee, Cincinnati. These are good teams. Yeah, but there are, there are a lot of good teams. It's, I mean, yeah, I think UVA got a t- – they definitely got a tough draw. Look, we've been there. If we got that bracket, we'd be pissed for sure. So I get that. But there's like – you got at some point, you got to play good teams. Like, I don't think those teams are seated incorrectly. Yes, it's going to be challenging, but they're not – it's not egregiously bad. Yeah, I mean, I think Kentucky could have been a four. I think Arizona could have been a three. Um and I think you do that, and it changes everything dramatically, just in that bracket. Um, but it changes the outlook a lot. Um, but I get your point. the The thing about the thing about um, Arizona and Kentucky is that these are two of the most talented teams in the country. So, so like if that talent gets turned on, and Kentucky looks like it does, and so does Arizona. Luckily for UVA, they only have to face one of those two teams. Like, I think both Kentucky and Arizona actually got screwed by the committee, too, just to be honest, because one of those two teams can't make the Sweet 16. That's crazy. Like, they belong. I think they belong. Both of them are one of the two of the top 16 teams in the country. I watched them both this weekend, and, man, they look good. I, I think I think Virginia sees Arizona in the Sweet 16, and they're not going to have any answer for DeAndre Ayton, but they might not need one. Nobody has any answer for DeAndre Ayton. He's a machine. No, he's just he's stupid. That's ridiculous. He's 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 a he's like a that's he's insane. Look, he's crazy. I don't understand it. I don't like the bottom of the bracket. I see Tennessee being I see Tennessee getting out of it. I think I think Tennessee is tough enough to match up with Cincinnati because Cincinnati is going to out tough you. Um, and I think Tennessee is just a little bit more talented. Um, and I think they played a tougher schedule. So I think they're more battle tested. But yeah, I see UVA beating Tennessee in the Elite Eight. So I'm with you there. All right. So you got UVA. So then, yeah. So how about so everyone's how about Xavier's um, bracket? You know, slobbering all over Gonzaga. 
um, who definitely looked real good in the WCC championship, but it's the WCC. Championship. Which like, which like, I'd look real good in the WCC championship too, but that doesn't no, mean anything. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> um, but, but I like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, I think this bracket's going to be a bit of a mess. I think, I think Michigan gets into the elite eight game. Uh, I think Michigan plays Providence in the sweet 16. Yep. I'm already just, preview of my Big East picks. I think I think Providence is going to show up. I think they're going to beat Texas A&M, who, is, who had a nice start to the season but has been lackluster. Texas A&M beat West Virginia like the very first game of the season and hasn't really looked as good as that game since. And then Providence, Providence played real tough in the Big East. Yeah, there's sometimes letdowns after things like that. Like Seton Hall had a big letdown, but I just don't see it happening. I think Providence is gonna are gonna show up, beat Texas A and M, and then there's some kids I think who are still who are on Providence when Providence played UNC in the tournament a, a few years back, and I don't think people I don't think they've forgotten. So, and Ed Cooley knows how to coach against Roy Williams. He's had the experience of doing it. And I think Providence is gonna put it on UNC. I mean, Luke, I mean, you, this is not a UNC team that's like the same talent level as UNC in the past. So I like Providence there. To, to, to show up, punch them in the mouth, and for UNC not to have an answer. They're going to ugly them up. They're going to slow them down. It's going to really frustrate them. So I think Providence controls tempo. And that's the most important thing in the UNC game, and I think that changes it. The, but I do think Michigan will get the better of Providence. Michigan just plays a real complicated game. And people are shitting all over Xavier, but Xavier is making it back to the Elite Eight. And I'm going to actually say it. I think we're going to have two Big East teams in the Final Four. I see Xavier beating Michigan. And that's me being a homer. It's me being a homer. I'm saying it first. I'm a Big East homer. I'm rooting for the Big East teams. But I think that Xavier is not getting enough credit. I think people are sleeping on them. And they have a very complete team. They get they struggle with teams that control tempo too much. But neither none of the teams in their side of the bracket control tempo. Florida State's got some athletes, so does Mizzou, but Xavier is very athletic, uh, and I think they'll take them. I really do. All right. All right, so last bracket. Let's cut to the chase. Who do you think? The Out of the power bracket, Duke, Michigan State, Kansas. Oof. Glad we glad we avoided that one. We would have. Could you imagine how mad we'd be if we were the one seed in that bracket? I think, I, I don't know, I would have canceled the podcast. It would have been, I would just have been ticked off until, I don't know, we made it to probably the Elite Eight. Yeah, I mean, congrats, Kansas. You got what really is a 14-slash-15 seed in Penn. And then you got Seton Hall, who probably should have been like more of like a 6 or 7 seed. And NC State, who also should have been a 6 or 7 seed. So good luck there. Then Clemson, I think, got screwed with New Mexico State as well. I think, it's a, I think if they're, they're 5-12. Uh, Clemson's just not Clem, Clemson's injured. It's not even fair to them. And then Auburn, Auburn's had a nice year, but I think they're falling off. So not much, not much in the bottom half of that. So if Kansas can advance to the Sweet Sixteen, I like them to get to the Elite Eight. But uh, yeah, the bottom half of that bracket's like crazy. I mean, think about who you have in that bottom half. You got Bagley, you got Grayson Allen, you got Wendell Carter, you've got Trayvon Duval, you've got Trey Young. You've got you've got Miles Bridges, yeah. You got Miles Bridges. You got Jackson. Um, then you got uh, Trey Holder on ASU. Freaking Syracuse made the tournament stupid, but 
But Michigan State is my pick out of that bracket. Okay. So you've got so your four end up to be Nova, UVA, Xavier, and Michigan State. So who do we play in the title game? UVA. I agree. And of course, Villanova takes it home. Yeah. Final score prediction. Oh, final score prediction? So it's going to be a tempo game, right? And for us to beat Virginia. So uh, at least probably 100 to 97. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, it's going to be played more at Virginia's tempo, unfortunately. And look, I think we do enough to get the tempo up enough to, to expose Virginia in the game. That's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be a tight game. And I think in the second half, we're going to be able to get them out of what they do a little bit, just enough to create a, that, that extra number of possessions to cause some separation and to beat them. Um, I have us winning against Virginia in overtime um, by a score of uh, 80 to 72. Mm, 80, wow, that's a big gap. Okay, so I had non-overtime 69-67. They miss the three at the end for the win, and we take it home. All right, so we'll see how it plays out. All right, that's pretty good. So I think we're obviously pretty bullish on us. We touched on some of the other Big East teams. Let's spend like a minute or two. Any other takes on how the other Big East draw went? I mean, if I'm Providence, I'm like, I don't know. I think you're right. I feel pretty good about Providence. They've got UNC. They're familiar there. That team is playing well. Hashtag Chiron, who we'll get to the Big East tournament in a minute. Hashtag Chiron. The guy is actually playing phenomenal basketball right now. I think he called Kobe about four times during the Big East tournament and just buried these fadeaway turnaround jumpers, like Bridges hand in his face. Just there's no stopping him. So he's playing otherworldly. I feel pretty good about them. Xavier, Xavier, I mean, look, they've got the intriguing Missouri matchup potentially in the 8-9 game. So worries me a little bit, but actually I'm not that bullish at this point on on Porter Jr. and what he's been able to do in his one game back, so we'll see. Seton Hall for me, I think, is a flame out. Seton Hall's... Ugh. NC State's a good team. We've already discussed them before. I think NC State takes that and, and the Hall is done. And I mean, the other guys, we've got Creighton. Ugh. Creighton's just going to run into the buzzsaw of UVA. I think they make it out of their first game, but UVA takes care of business. Weird Weird clash of styles there. Obviously, Creighton's up-tempo. UVA is not. But I don't think Creighton's good enough. I mean, maybe if they were full strength, but you know, it's just not going to get it done in my mind. And who else we have? Butler, I guess. Butler. I Butler could make a little bit of noise, I guess. I think Butler gets out of their first-round game. Purdue's going to be tough for them. I mean, Purdue's just a good team. All right, that's, that's everybody from, from your side. I actually – so I'm more bullish on the Big East. Um, so I – we already had we already got two answers, right? I got Providence making the Sweet 16. I got Xavier making the Final Four. I have us winning the national championship. So I've already got a battered year for the Big East <laughs> on paper. Seriously. Yeah. If that happens, Val Ackerman's like going to throw her own party because it was just as good a year as she could yeah, have. The Big East headquarters is on third and between 41st and 42nd, and I live near there, and I might just – Put a, put a sign up outside, like, congrats, Val. <laughs> this one's for you. But talking about the other teams, yeah, I think Creighton can advance past Kansas State. K-State played some tough games this year. I I just don't think K-State has enough to stand up to um, to to the talent on Creighton. I think Creighton is under at eight, which is a problem for Zay, which is a problem for Virginia, 
Um, but it's also unfair to Creighton. Uh, I think Creighton should have seen more like a two seed. I think they should have been more of a seven seed. That loss that they took to Providence clearly dragged them down. But but I like Creighton to provide a little bit of trouble to UVI. But I agree. I mean, I don't just I just think UVA is just so consistent, and it's hard to envision them losing. <laughs> the one thing I'm intrigued by is Butler. I agree with you. I think they're going to get past Arkansas. And, and, here's, and here's what makes Butler weird. Butler slows you down. They ugly it up. They make it like – they make it hard. They make it – Butler just makes it hard. Like, yeah, I get it. We just like went on a 19-0 run <laughs> on them to start the game where I was yelling. I was yelling at their coach like, call timeout. What are you doing <laughs> What was it? Yeah, how do you not call timeout until it's 19? Like, come on, at 10, you've got to be like, yo, this is, this is the number two team in the country. We should probably take a take a quick pause here and gather our thoughts. Yeah, Butler, <laughs> Butler, Butler, including the coaching staff, just forgot to start that game. They forgot what was going on. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like Laval Jordan like had a stroke and just woke up. It's like, oh, whoa, wait a minute, did we start the game? Sorry, guys. <laughs> So, Butler, so I think Butler's going to get past Arkansas because I think they're going to frustrate the hell out of Arkansas. Man, if Butler gets Purdue, like the matchup of Indiana, Indiana, right? Ooh, that's, that's true. I forgot about that. And would it shock you for Butler to put a real scare into Purdue? No, not at all. I, I mean, they'll play hard. Like, that, there's an actual rivalry there, too. Like, hashtag Kamar, hashtag uh, Kellen. Maybe uh, taking over for hashtag Chiron and that, and just uh, look at it done. Yeah, if I'm a Purdue fan, I'm pissed at my bracket, right? Because because you got that r- natural rivalry game. That's like when they put like Temple or St. Joe's against us in the past. Like, oh yeah, here's a natural rival in your second game. Like, good luck. Butler can just make it weird, and that's what they do. Like a Butler's, like I know the Butler way is like what they call themselves, but the Butler way equals we're just gonna make it real weird here, and good luck. Like, yeah, I, I can't really pinpoint what the Butler way actually is or means, but yeah, it sounds good. It's like we're going to play a full 40 minutes of Villanova basketball. I feel like there's at least enough of a brand around Villanova basketball at this point. The Butler way, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe. maybe be- no, no, no. The brand is, the brand is, shit's just going to get real weird. Yeah. Butler. I, I'm not picking them. I'm not necessarily saying I'm picking. I haven't decided. I'm, I'm, I'm. I told you I'm not picking until I'm not, I don't do my bracket until Wednesday night after the first four ends. But I just want to think about it a little bit more. But it wouldn't blow my mind for Butler to wind up in the Sweet 16. And then you have Seton Hall, and man, of all the teams, of all the teams, Seton Hall got the worst draw. And I got to I don't feel bad for them because this is a team that brought this on themselves. Like, I think Seton Hall fans probably thought they deserved a six or a seven seed. If I were them, I'd be really pissed. But this is a team that lost games that they shouldn't have lost. And this is what happens when you do that. This is, this is what you get. You get this, which is like a horrible pod in, in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a good pod. Their first game is going to be so tough. Just think, if they were, if they were a seed lineup and they take URI's spot, in that bracket, they're playing Oklahoma. They're playing Oklahoma and Trey Young, who has been ice cold basically the last month plus. 
and his team of no one because he has no supporting cast. And that's a very winnable game. Yeah, you have Duke after that, which is going to be a nightmare. But at least you get one win. And after one win, hey, you've got a little bit of confidence. Like, this NC State game is a bitch. Like, that's not a fun matchup at all. Not at all. I don't like it. Look, here's the thing. And this is what you always have to qualify for when you when you talk about Seton Hall. Seton Hall has the roster. They have the roster to to make it like a deep run in the tournament. They actually have the like the pieces are there. Kadeen Carrington's a nice point guard. Turns it over a little bit too much, but he's a nice point guard. Defends well. The whole team plays good defense. You got you got Desi Rodriguez, who's a stud. You got Angel Delgado, who's an excellent big man. Does all does all the little things like. Works hard with the team. You got Miles Powell, who is a streaky shooter, but you got the pieces there if he gets hot. Like you, there's a plausible scenario that you can build for Seton Hall to make a run. The problem is, the problem is, is that this team has proven to disappoint us time and time again, and they don't have that one takeover guy that they had in Isaiah Whitehead a couple years ago that is going to like pull this team out of a funky place. And and unfortunately, this is going to go down. Like, yeah, they had the Big East Championship in 2016. But I think that this recruiting class is going to go down as the underachieving class, uh, unfortunately for them, in that, in that Whitehead, uh, Rodriguez, uh, Delgado, uh, Carrington class. I think it's going to go down as a disappointment for them. Yeah, no, no, totally agree. It's... Um... It's one, like, this year especially, they came in, they were highly touted, we were talking about them, hey, it's a class of seniors, we get excited about it, but it just hasn't, it hasn't turned out that way, they haven't, you're right, they don't have the one lead guy who's going to dominate it, and Delgado, for as nice of a player is, he's not a takeover guy, he gets some nice rebounds, he scores some points in the post, but, like, frankly, when you put somebody, a good big man on him, like, you can control him, like, Spellman, look, Spellman's a great player, as we've all noted, but I would have expected Delgado to just straight up take it to him the first few times they played. And the second time we played Seton Hall, Spellman had him under control. And yeah, Spellman's a five-star recruit. Great. But that's his first, you know, one of his first time playing a real legit big man, and Delgado was was neutralized, wasn't even neutralized. He was totally out of the game. So yeah, I'm with you. I have I have no faith in Seton Hall. If Seton Hall makes it past NC State, the biggest question that I have with the KU matchup is, is Udo Azabuke healthy or not? Because if Udo Azabuke is healthy, then, then forget it. You're not winning. Because he, he destroys everybody. But if, if Azabuke is not healthy, then Delgado becomes a lot more of a factor. Yeah, no, totally. So, so look, hey, we're 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 already we're well over the full forty minutes of Villanova basketball here. So, why don't we? We're gonna spend some more time later this week doing a full preview for our upcoming games. So, why don't we start to wrap it up here? Before we wrap up, though, I do want to. We should at least mention the Big East tournament and say, hey, look, we did win another Big East tournament, which was a crazy game. Um, the team gutted it out. And I, I think my, I, I do want to tell our listeners one story from, from our biggest weekend experience, which we were lucky enough to, we went, uh, I went Friday, Saturday. I think you went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Yeah. You went all three days. So anyway, yeah, so anyway, three. so we're out, what was it? It was Friday night, I guess. So Friday night after the game, we're in a good mood. We're like, great. Let's go out, hit some bars. And did one of our friends' birthdays. Um, 
So we were out, didn't really have a plan. So bounced around a couple of places. So eventually Chris is like, oh yeah, you know, I got a spot. Let's, uh, let's go to this place. And we're like, okay, it seems really good. Oh, you know, it just, it just heads up there. Um, there may be a, a couple, couple of Providence fans here. And we're like, all right, that's fine. You know, we're going to be playing Providence tomorrow. No big deal. So we walk up, we walk in the bar. There aren't a couple of Providence fans. It's the Providence bar. There's, there are flat, there are Friars flags. Everybody there is in Friars gear. We're like, dude, come on, a few Friars fans? It's literally the entire bar. And at that point, we tried to get a drink. The bartender said they were closed. We said, we'll take it as a sign. We're out. We were done. But that was, uh, that was some good planning, just mingling with the, the Providence brethren. Oh, God. Anyway, um, Chris, any last thoughts before we wrap it up? All right, guys. Well, <laughs> we're uh, we're having some some technical difficulties, which frankly is just by way of, of not allowing Chris to uh, to defend himself at all, um, because I frankly don't think he deserves the right to uh, to defend himself. So we'll just have to wait until next time for him to actually get a chance to do that. Uh, but anyway, guys, thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple days with a full preview of our upcoming games for the tournament. Stay with us, all tournament. Chris is giving me the middle finger right now. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Chris. Uh, but as always, guys, please follow us on, subscribe to us on iTunes. Definitely uh, rate us, but only if you think we're any good. Follow us on Twitter, at the Full 40 Instagram, uh, same handle. We've got a Facebook page now, so check that out. And as always, if you guys like it, tell your friends about it. Love some more listens. Until next time, we'll see you. And as always... Let's go Nova.